Alrighty, back for another Cash Medi podcast. Tonight we're going to be talking strictly San Diego Padres. I have a sponsor to get to first, though, Win in La Jolla. Don't forget to visit La Jolla Chevron at Extra Mile Convenience Store at 7475 La Jolla Boulevard, La Jolla, California. I'm joined tonight with Nick on Twitter. Nick, introduce yourself. Say what's up to the people. Thanks, Greg. Thanks for having me. Uh, yeah, my name is Nick, or Nicky Dabalon. You might know my Twitter handle. I'm uh, always in Padre Twitter threads. All righty. So first topic we're going to start with is Andy Green. You guys have heard my thoughts on Andy Green. I'm gonna, We're going to hear Nick's thoughts on it, and we'll go from there. So what do you think of Andy Green, the situation? Do you think maybe he needs more time? Do you need more players? What do you think, Nick? Uh, you know, we were talking a little bit before this uh, podcast about, uh, you know, we've always, we've been, you know, saying fire Andy Green. We've been talking about we don't like, you know, some of the approaches he has with the team. But, uh, you know, I think maybe a little bit longer uh, with all these recent call-ups. I think this, uh, Craig was saying that, it might be a tryout, you know, if you will, uh, see what he does with all this young talent that is coming up. Um, if he can get us back to, you know, 500 baseball uh, with all these young kids coming up, you know, who knows? Maybe we'll keep him around next year. I've not been the biggest fan, but uh, this is, uh, you know, this is the most talent he's had on a roster. And we want to see if he can kind of be the guy. Um, I'm not sure if he is, but we'll see. Yeah, my, my thing on Andy Green is... I, I don't know what exactly what he does well. I mean, the team's defense—they lead the, the league in errors. I mean, you got a you got a defensive infield that was supposed to be Kinsler's supposed to be really good at defense. It looks like he sucks, and you could say, well, he's probably just done. You know, I don't I don't know how old he is now. Hosmer's defense ever since he's come over here is really really hasn't been good at all. Uh, Machado's got a lot of errors this year. I know he's made a lot of great plays, but he has a lot of errors. Tatis, I knew he would have a lot of errors. I didn't know he'd have this many errors. But it's just like Andy Green was supposed to be known for defense and like putting guys in in better situations. And the shift was supposed to work. The um, the statistics on the shifts isn't good. I I just I I don't know. I mean. He's going to get a better roster now. You got Morahan and Baez and Urias coming up, and we're going to talk about those guys. Um, the bull and Munoz, you got Munoz came up, you know, not too long ago. The bullpen pieces are going to be a lot better. You got Strom now in the bullpen. So I don't think he can use the bullpen as an excuse anymore. I mean, w- do you see anything that he does well? Um, the only thing I think we both talked about it this year um... – the outfield rotation has been pretty good, I gotta say. Um, yeah, the the overmanagement of the bullpen is clear. Um, we saw Craig Stammen just get abused the first month of the year, um, and you know he's 35. Yeah, he was great for the last few seasons. I know a lot of people aren't fond of him because he's been overused. Uh, I mean, and he's older. I mean, he's not gonna go crazy amount of innings. You know, you can't use him every day, multiple innings, the way Andy did use him. Um, so anyway, yeah, the. Overmanaging, I don't like, but uh, with the bullpen, and sometimes cutting short on the starters. I mean, that's definitely a big issue. Um, it's tough with you know with Lucchese and Lauer and these guys. You know, I don't know what their stamina is. I don't know. I rarely see them go past 100 pitches. Um, you know, today was a bad outing for Lucchese, but he he did go about 96, 98 pitches, and he did not have it. Um, anyway, uh, well, I was going to direct it to really directly to uh, today. Go ahead, to Andy Green today and uh, the Tatis bunting situation. I wanted to kind of touch on that. You know, I, I'm sure many of us were really critical and we immediately jumped on Andy Green saying, you know, why are you calling that? And then we find out after the game that apparently it was, you know, Tatis just trying to make the sacrifice for his team. Um, when I know that it's common to fake bunt, you know, especially with kind of erratic pitchers like Kimbrel. Uh, but I don't. I don't know why there wasn't more communication there. And that's really what concerned me was the lack of communication between Green. I mean, sure, you could have done the fake bunt there, but with a young rookie, I mean, you're a coach. you got to coach him up. I mean, send a sign down to third. Make sure he knows they're on the same page. It's a crucial situation in the game. Um, that's, it's gotta, there's got to be more communication there and more leadership from Green, in my opinion, especially over these young guys. I mean, they're talented, but... You know, they've, they've only been around baseball, you know, growing up. They don't know professional baseball yet. 
Yeah, I mean, as far as that goes, in my opinion, is once he showed the first bunt, I mean, that's fine if you're just showing it. But I think Tatis the first time was trying to bunt for a hit. And as the pitch is a ball or whatever, if I'm Andy Green, I'm putting a signal down like, hey, man, <laughs> make sure he ain't bunting on the second one. <laughs> because, look, if Tatis sees that a third baseman's far back and he wants to bunt, I mean, that's kind of on his own. I don't necessarily blame Andy Green on it. But once you got that second chance, there's no way that a manager should let that second chance even have a chance is what I'm saying. He should have gave a signal to Hoffman and hey, make sure he's not bunting. We don't want him bunting. What really pisses me off is the the previous game, yesterday's game, you got a tie game, Naylor hits a home run in the eighth, you get an infield single from Garcia and a throwing error. He gets to second base. There's nobody out. Tatis is struggling, you know, lately. Why wasn't he bunting there? I mean, if he's going to be bunting in in any of those situations yesterday in the eighth inning with a tie score and a guy, nobody out at second, I'd much rather have him bunt there. If he gets him to third, then they got to bring the infield in for Margo, and Margo, you know, has got a hot bat. And you can't walk, walk Margo because then Machado's up next. Um, that that situation is way better. If he bunts here and Myers gets to second, there's there's one out. And you you still need a hit. The other situation, you would have gotten a sack fly or maybe even a grounder and he would have scored. So I don't understand. If you didn't let him bunt in the eighth inning or you didn't ask him to bunt in the eighth inning yesterday... How the fuck is he bunting today? I just don't get it. Yeah, there seems to be, um, you know, a real issue with this team to push runners, you know, have productive outs. Put, oh, yeah. <laughs> absolutely. Like, I, and I, I know that, you know, we have a lot of guys that have high K rates, you know, and not, you know, the best contact hitters on the team. But when we, we got a lot more talent now and we got to have productive outs on this team. And I think that approach hasn't changed with the new uh hitting coaches i mean we've had hitting coaches coming in and out of here like a revolving door and uh you know the common denominator i think like craig said was is green and uh that's definitely something to be analyzed and you know uh alex dickerson is a fantastic example of that i mean obviously tearing it up in triple a we know the pcl is a band box all that but uh when you you know you bring him up I mean, he didn't look like he was having great at-bats with the Padres for the show. I mean, I didn't have that many, I know, and he was getting spot starts and all that. But, uh, I mean, he just wasn't even barreling balls when he was here. And all of a sudden, he goes and he starts in San Francisco. And, I mean, they win, what, 16 out of their last 18. They jump us in the standings. I mean, it's ridiculous. Uh, and, and we always say, oh, they, you know, they leave the Padres and then they start hitting. You know, it's, it's funny, but, you know, you got to look at the management at that kind of stuff. Yeah, I mean, you've had... You've had a dump, uh, bunch of different hitting coaches under Andy Green. I don't know how many. I would say at least three, right? You had Matt Stairs. You got Washington now. I think you had one other before that. There was one before Matt Stairs. I can't. I can't. Recall. I can't remember yeah. either. I mean, they they fire one. It seems like every year. But it, but I see the same approaches. You can't tell me that all three of those guys, as hitting coaches, are going to have the same approaches. There's no way. If you're a head coach of a football team, and you're saying. I'm going to keep firing my offensive coordinator, but they're running the same offense every single time. That the common denominator is you. Obviously, you have say in it. You're you're if you're running the same offense, it's obviously what you're teaching and and that's what you want. So, I feel like the approach is that's how he wants it. I feel like he I feel like Andy Green does shit off of a computer and he wants to just hit home runs and launch angle and I just I don't get it. I yeah. don't get it. I mean, everyone can tell me that the computer is never wrong and computers are always right. I think that's bullshit. But I'll take a I'll take a manager like Bochi that doesn't. I don't think Bochi uses a computer. I mean, I'm sure he uses a computer, but I'm just saying he doesn't use the analytics to the to the to the highest. Well, Bochi like Bochi was do. coaching before analytics, yeah. so I mean, he knows the coach with his gut. And there's you know, I appreciate some analytics. I may bash them all the time, but you know. I've come around and I appreciate a lot of analytics, but at the same time, I you know, you got to use your eyes and your gut and you got to, I mean, if you know baseball, you know baseball, you know what talent looks like, you know, I don't need fan graphs to tell me what Tatis's projections are. I watch him a couple games in a row and I'm like, wow, that's elite talent. That's all I need to know. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, fan graphs, I mean, we're going to move on to 
Well, let's, before we move on to that, let's get into Margot. I know you've been very high on Margot, and you and I on Twitter, Periscopes that I've done. I haven't been very high on, on Margot, and I think maybe I jumped the gun on him because he's only 24 years old. But he's finally, it seems like he's coming out of it. He finally looks like a true center fielder. He's finally hitting. You know, drawing walks is probably the best thing I'm seeing out of him because he's giving good at-bats. He's not giving away at-bats. And it's really nice to see because if you could get him at the top of the order plus play center field, to me it changes everything because you got enough guys that can hit for power. Need some fucking ducks on the pond. And we got some guy does alarm. That's pretty cool. Um, but uh, <laughs> as far as Margot goes, you know, I, I don't know. We we saw this a little spurt from him last year. Do you think it's more? I think it's him kind of turning the corner. I'm very more optimistic than I was before on him. Yeah. But I am still. I'm not going to just be like, yeah, we don't need a center fielder. We got Margot. I'm not there yet. But I am feeling a lot more optimistic on him. So what are your thoughts on him? Yeah. I mean, I've always been a big Margot fan. I mean, I think last year. He had a lot of little injury issues with diving in the outfield and rolling on his wrist. I think he had, like, there was, like, in the span of three games, like, he rolled on his wrist two times in a row, and I swore it looked like he broke his wrist. It looked as bad as Jankowski's spring training uh, dive. So I think he had a little bit of the yips defensively and the base running. I know last year he was winding all over the place. He wasn't going straight lines. This year definitely has improved the base running. The defense is looking really good. He's charging into the ivy wall today, I believe. Um... And the, the, the new approach, um, since he's took over as starting in center field in the last, what, two, three weeks, I think it has been? Mm, yeah, bro, roughly. Yeah. Maybe, maybe, maybe longer. Maybe a little longer. Since they bench Myers, though, um, that new approach, I, I'm in love with it. I, he is taking a lot of pitches. You know, he is not, he's there's some strikes he's taking but they're 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 bad strikes they're you know up and in pitches he couldn't hit you know he's he's waiting for his pitch um, and you know hitting in front of Machado doesn't hurt I'm sure but uh yeah but that's only been two but, games no no I know I oh that's true that's very true uh I think adding him in front of Machado is is phenomenal I think eventually you'd like to see maybe like Margot or Urias first and Tatis second yeah. in front of Machado ideally um, but, you know, if Margot can continue to hit in that two-hole, I'm okay with leaving it alone for at least for now. Um, but, yeah, so Margot, yeah, this this new approach, the the walks is the main difference. That's what I really noticed is that he's walking at a rate that I've never seen. I mean, he was I – would, I would put red sirens up every time he would walk last oh, yeah. year. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I, I really like the new, the new approach from Margot. And um, like, like Craig was saying, you know, it's a short – it's a short period of time sample size sample size if you will um but and you know you know i'm not penciling him next year starting center fielder no matter what no way um right i want to see more yeah. um but you know like you said if i'm blown away by a, a deal for yates uh, at the trade deadline for a drew waters or a christian pash i know that probably won't happen but something like that you know a, a top flight center fielder i'm taking it oh give yeah. him more competition yeah. Yeah, no, I definitely do that too because then you got two of them and you can flip one, you know, this time next year. I mean, yeah, you always want more outs. Um, as far as Margot goes, I mean, I know, I know. What are we one and seven since the All Star break? Yeah, one and seven after today, which is just miserable and it just sucks because the team should be they they should be at least a five hundred. I think they should be above five hundred type of talented team. But if someone would tell me. You're going to go one and seven, but Margo's going to turn the corner and he's going to be your future center fielder. And you're going to have a 270, 280 batting average with a 340, 330, anything over 330 on base percentage from that guy. I, I would take it. it yeah. Like you could suck the rest of the season as far as wins and losses go. But if you're telling me that we have a future center fielder, I would take it. So you kind of got to look at certain things like I know. This year, it's kind of hard to look at look at it just as far as individuals go. That's all I looked at last year or the last couple years. I was like, I, I don't care. Did, did Gore pitch well? Did Patino pitch well? Did you know? Did Tatis down the minors do well? Who cares if the team won? And then I would look at like you know future the guys that were up, Myers and and Hosmer. How did they do? Because I didn't care about the rest of the team because you knew they weren't going to be here when they're going to contend. Right. So now you got a bunch of guys that are up here that this is going to be your roster in the next, you know, two, three years and try to contend for a World Series. 
But even with that said, it's not complete. The roster isn't complete of the guys that you're going to want to go to try to win a World Series. But Margo's a huge part of that. And if Margo, like I'm saying, I would take the one and seven, but Margo's turning around and being your your next your center fielder for the next seven years. I mean, that would be huge for us because especially if he could bat leadoff or something, I mean, I would love to see Tatis in the number two hole. Like if you had if you had Margo getting on thirty four percent of the time. Stealing a lot of bases too. Stealing probably. a lot of bases, playing really good defense. You know, mixes in 10 to 15 home runs. I mean, he's got that sneaky pop. Although I don't really want him to hit home runs because that's when I feel like he goes into slumps when he hits a home run. But the kill yeah, the Overus, as yeah. you call it. <laughs> his base running has totally been different this year compared to last year. I mean, last year it was embarrassing. Like Ruben Rivera fucking style base running. <laughs> now, now it looks like he's a legit base dealer. I mean, if you put that in front of Tatis Machado... Cosmo, Reyes, and Renfro. I mean, fuck, dude, that changes everything. Plus, plus it puts down, puts down a slot to everyone where the bottom of the order is not going to be god awful. You're not going to go six, seven, eight, or automatic outs. It makes anymore. those days with hedges uh, behind the plate not so bad either. No, you, know? you you can almost have hedges behind the plate if you got if you got seven legit hitters. Yeah, you can't but, have it, hedges behind the plate when you only have five legit hitters. Tiberius is the guy that everyone thinks yeah. he is on Padres Twitter, and Margot is playing like this, and the rest of the guys who we know they kind of who they are. Um, yeah, you could play hedges a lot more, and dur- certainly during Lucchese starts after watching uh, hedges block what like twelve balls that were wild pitches today. I yeah. mean, uh, you know, no, I mean, and he's hitting, and, he, and you know, hedges is hitting better with this new uh, rotation, this catcher rotation. I, I really dig it. I think we should segue into the catcher rotation actually on that. Yeah, but but you you were talking before we came on. Talk about why you think hedges is playing better. Oh, the rest. I, I mean, I mean, when you're playing a catcher position, 162 games, it takes a toll. I mean, I, obviously catchers aren't going 162, but you know what I mean. It, it takes a toll on the body. And, you know, he's. we know he has a long swing. We know he's not a talented hitter. Um, he's got a little bit of pop. But, yeah, high strikeout rate. We know, we know what he is as a hitter. But we also know he has spurts where he can be a decent hitter. And I've noticed, I mean, obviously short sample size again, but notice when he's rested, he's probably – getting a lot of swings in the cage during those rest days too you know and and he's he's hitting better i mean the last couple starts he's had he's had a couple hits he had that big home run in our last win the the paddock win i believe um and then the other one that was you know deep warning track you know so he, he looks like he's squaring up baseballs a little bit more and i even noticed he was taking some more pitches and drawing walks and in the eight hole you got to do that with the pitcher behind you they're gonna pitch around you often so it, it that's encouraging to see as well yeah i i mean if he was playing, I don't know what the percentage was. If he's playing 80% of the time prior to Mejia being up, and now he's probably playing 65% of the time or something, anything, any that little difference, 10 to 15% right. for a catcher, that's going to matter big time. I mean, you're the guys are on their knees, you know, all the all day long. I mean, that's going to take its toll on them. Especially so he looks a like lot more fresh. <laughs> the heat in Chicago yeah. the last couple of days, you yeah, know, exactly. that's brutal. They had to pull. They put Mejia halfway in after Lucchese yeah. got out. They're like, yeah, Mejia's going to go in there. Cause... I mean, he got knocked in the head. Um, yeah, <laughs> just got knocked in the head, had to block 12 balls in 95-degree, humid, hot Chicago summer weather. Look, I would I would like to see Mejia play a, a lot more just right now for, for this sure. season. Absolutely. So that I get a better sense of what he is for next year. But as far as what's best for the team right now, Hedges is probably your better catcher for yeah. right now. I'm if, actually, you're, if you're trying to win games right now, I think Hedges is probably your better catcher. But I'm not exactly trying to win games. I, I'll sacrifice winning games to find out what I got going into 2020. I need to find out on guys. Absolutely, yeah. You want to find out what you have in Mejia. Right now, I like the rotation with him being, especially with Hedges, how bad he was struggling prior to at the plate. I mean, so you put Mejia in there, 65 70%, maybe even 75% of the games right now for the rest of the year see what you got in him see if that bat really continues i mean he's had some clutch hits since, since he started yeah i mean he's yeah he's he's getting some hits here and there I yeah mean, he, he, and i love the switch hitter in the lineup we need that left-handed bat against you the always radius. feel a lot more comfortable when he is up than hedges I mean, yeah hedges it's not an automatic out yeah when hedges like is up that. you feel like it's automatic out when he is up as long as he doesn't get behind in the count oh and two you feel like he's got a pretty good shot i mean he's <laughs> got to start taking some pitches yeah. but what is Mejia? 23 
I think he's 23. Uh, 23, roughly. Yeah, 22, yeah. 23. Something um, like that. Yeah, he's pretty young. I mean, he's never taken really pitches. I mean, I watched him down in the minor leagues last year. Yeah. I probably watched about 15, 20 games of him when they first traded for him. I mean, I was just like, Jesus, this guy swings at everything. But but he can hit a lot of things. But he, but he sprays the ball, yeah. He he's, does, He's yeah. not just like a straight, like, oh, I'm just going to pull it. Um, they do run he a little. He tries to pull everything, but he yeah. his bat speed's fucking phenomenal. Yeah, that when he hit that home run appealing. off Luis Castillo last year, that ninety-seven yeah. mile an hour fastball, his that, first start, I believe, that us. I thought was going to hit like his ankle. I mean, I, I don't know how many ball players can hit that as a home run, pull the ball like that. Yeah, I mean, I mean he mean, golfed it off his shoe tops in that one. That I was unbelievable. And he had one later, or maybe it was in AAA. I, I recall where he hit one about a, at an eye level and yeah. turned on it inside yeah. at eye level. I mean, uh, who hits that? He almost that? had that game-winning home run against Atlanta. I mean, he got caught. Yeah. I mean, the, he, he had that grand slam, walk-off grand slam last year. Yeah. That was fun. Yeah. Um, I mean, he's got a lot more uh, excitement in his oh, bat. Yeah. That's but, for sure. But you could tell, when you watch it, you could tell there's a difference on pitch framing and just just receiving the ball. Blocking, receiving. But I do yeah. think today, I mean, he is a much better defensive catcher than he was April 5th. Absolutely. He's made huge strides in all honesty. I mean, a lot of us have been spoiled by Hedges' defense for years. We just think that that's how catches are, catchers are always supposed to play. But, you know, his war and all that from his defense, you know, they mean something because he's very good defensively. He's a top catcher in baseball defensively, whether you agree with that or not. It's it's a fact. Right. Like, he's <laughs> getting better, and I think he's, you know, he's doing pretty good defensively. It's just you're going from probably the best defensive catcher to him, so it looks like it's a really big gap. Right. It's kind of like the Detroit Lions. They they went from Calvin Johnson to like, okay, Golden Tate's now our number one. I mean, Golden Tate's a good receiver, but he ain't fucking Calvin Johnson. Absolutely. <laughs> I mean, so, and, and, you know, Lions fans were like, oh, we got to get a number one. I'm like, you know, dude, you're not going to get a first ballot. Well, he's not going to be a first ballot now because he quit, but – he would have been a first ballot receiver. I mean, it's, first round receivers are tough anyway. Those usually don't yeah. pan out. And the, yeah, yeah, anyway. Well, on. okay. So let's go to what the interesting news of the day and the last two days have been with the Padres getting Baez, Morahan, and Urias called up. Um, I could, let me get your thoughts on either all three of those guys or what you think the reasoning for the moves are or what have you uh, i mean there's definitely on the reasoning part i'm thinking preller like i said earlier is bringing them up to see what we got in them a little bit um you know we're falling behind in the wild card race and he also wants to see what green can do with them how he can utilize them um it, it works out with munoz or excuse me um with morajon and baez because both those guys uh who we thought were starters they may or may not be we don't know yet but um, they've been in that reliever capacity anyway this year, so they kind of plug right in. And their stuff is – it's MLB ready, their stuff. It's just a matter of if they're mature enough. Um, but, yeah, I re- I mean, I haven't watched too much Baez and Morajon, um as of late, but I know both of them are pitching phenomenal. I know Baez's velocity is back. His back doesn't seem to be too big of an issue. The injuries are all, you know, healed up. Uh, you know, Morahone has had, you know, eight innings now in a row scoreless, I think, his last eight innings. And they're all coming in two-inning bunches, and there's a lot of rest in between, which is a little concerning to me um, with, you know, Green overusing people in the bullpen. Yeah. Uh, so we'll yeah. see how he handles them and what the rules are. I'm sure there's going to be some stipulations like they can't pitch back-to-back days initially or – We'll see. We'll see how that works out. But I'm excited because they're talented. Um, and then Urias, Urias, I mean, obviously everyone on Padres Twitter is super excited about it. You know, I love Urias. A lot of us do. Uh, I don't think he's as prized as some people put him, but I'm excited to see him play. And obviously he has a great connection with Tatis, and he's a big upgrade over uh, Kinsler and even G- Garcia. Uh, I like Garcia. He's solid, but obviously Urias has much more potential, much younger um, and the defense, obviously today, that laying out, you know, he looked a little, he looked, you know, a little nervous in his first at bat, but he took that ball up the middle, and I think, you know, if he just is himself, you know, hopefully he's a good table setter and a great defender at second. Yeah, he looked he looked more comfortable today, just in his at bats. His approach looked a little more. It looked like he had a. L- I wouldn't say a lot more confidence, but I would say it looked like he was more confident in his at-bats. It looked like he felt like, I I should be here. He was taking pitches. He was, you know what I mean? Like, I I saw 
you know, at the end of his uh, last trip up here, he was pressing. I yeah. felt like, and he and you especially could tell, at the end. Yeah, and then that um, that uh, thing in San Francisco where he grounded to a double play to end the inning, and it was, uh, and he went into the dugout and he was like really mad, like he looked like he was almost crying. Um, you know, and yeah, you could just tell he was pressing. And I, I really think the AAA trip, although a lot of people complained about it, it might be, it really probably was the right move. Um, you know, maybe just for a maturity thing, you know, just to kind of get back to it. And he found himself, and uh, and hopefully he's confident going into the rest of the season. Yeah, I liked what Green said too. Is like he's our second baseman yeah. until he needs a day off. Yeah, so I think that tells the kid instead of. Hey, you don't know if you're going to be in there, and you know. Yeah, they mishandled him, or Green yeah. certainly mishandled Urias yeah. last time he was here. I think he got like six starts in like 22 games. That was just stupid. And, and Kinsler's I, I getting get all that. those starts. I didn't, I didn't get that. I didn't get it either. If you're going to bring him up, you play him every day. That's right. what you got to do. And you know, the Kinsler move. Like obviously, we, none of us like this. Uh, m- most most of us don't like the signing, but a lot of us can understand the signing because it happened pre Machado, and you know, we thought Tatis was going to start the year in the minors. I didn't mind Kinsler for a one year deal. No, I, that's the one that. That's that's the one thing I will nitpick on Preller for that big time. I'm not going to knock him for signing Kinsler. I am going to knock him for putting two years yeah, on that Yeah, I didn't deal. get that. I, I did not understand that. I understood that. signing him to a one-year deal because then it's like you're not putting all the pressure on the on a kid. Like, hey, if you fuck up, we don't have anyone else. Right, I mean, you ha- and you knew Urias and Tatis were either ready now or ready real soon. Right. So you're like, why two years on that? I mean, you could have. But you never know on that either because, yeah. like, yeah. Look, look at Urias, like, they probably thought he was going to be ready, and then he really wasn't. But if you had Kinsler just for a one-year deal, and let's say Kinsler was doing a little bit better than what you expect or or are getting from him this year, then that deal would have been perfect. That deal would have been. Fun. It could have been. It could have been. But I mean, he's. But I mean, him we to a two-year deal is just fucking dumb. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I you know, and I personally would have rather had DJ LeMahieu. Obviously, hindsight is twenty twenty, and that guy's tearing did, it up in New but York. What did LeMahieu get? LeMahieu got, a, I believe, a one-year deal with the Yankees. I mean, he oh, signed shit. after Kinsler. They signed Tulo before they signed LeMahieu, and they were really. And then they were tooling around. They thought Machado might sign there, but then they signed like LeMahieu after Tulowitzki, and uh, you know they had Andujar. He did get injured, but it's like they had a lot of infielders there, and it was kind of kind of a cluster. And you know, but uh, he only signed a one-year deal, LeMahieu. I, I gotta double check it, but you know, I'm pretty sure he uh, he did. It, it Max he signed, too, he and signed, he's a much better hitter than Kinsler, obviously. Like he signed a one-year deal. Well, I'm I'm figuring he signed for more than. Well, it wasn't a, it wasn't a lot. I'm looking it up right now. We'll see. Uh, oh, you know what? I was wrong. It is a two-year deal. Twenty-four million. It doesn't matter. I yeah, mean, it doesn't well, matter. Oh, you're right. Two years, 24. So, you know, it is a little bit more. It is a little bit more. So, you know, yeah. maybe – but I, I'd still rather have that because obviously he's performing. Well, sure, but yeah. you would – But that's a but lot then, more. But that's a lot more than the Kinsler If you're deal. paying $24 million, you're saying Urias isn't playing. You're right. Race. You're right. So maybe that wasn't the fit. But uh, Freddie Galvis, I mean, there's yeah. a, there's other yeah. – Freddie, I know, signed a one-year deal. Yeah, yeah. And I, it was the same or cheaper than Kinsler, I believe. Right. I think it was like $3 right. million. Uh, yeah, I would have done, done something like that. Yeah, and I mean – As far as Mayhew goes, I mean, sure, it would have been – Hindsight 2020, we look at it now, but I would have rather seen 24. He's he's playing those two years. Yeah, I would have rather seen a Garcia France platoon. Right, in, you know, in all yeah. honesty, I think Garcia. That's another thing on on fucking Andy Green is how is Garcia not playing more? Yeah, I mean, uh, I can understand against the soft tossing lefties. I really, sure, can't, I really sure. can't, especially lefty. Yeah, because Kinsler can hit balls that are 89, 90. Like against a Lucchese, uh if he was to face him, he could. He could hit him, um, you know, not great, but he could hit him. Uh, but Garcia, I mean, against the righties, you got to play him against the righties, and you know he has a little bit, but not enough, not consistently. I mean, every at this point, well, until Urias came up, he should have been playing him against every single right-hander. Yeah, I, uh, yeah, I don't, I don't get it. At the beginning of the year, sure, give him a month and a month and a half, whatever. Yeah, you know, because you never know. You, he had a good vet- career. I mean, right. he's a, I mean, he's vet- it's just like it's just like Myers. Like you got to give him time. I mean, yeah. he's been a proven player over the years. You can't just say Kinsler's done. I mean, if if you see it in the video and you just like the bat speed is just done, we're, we're, then it kind of saw it, a little bit last sure, year. But sure, yeah. but but you never. You know, he looked good in spring training. You never know with veterans. Like they might just get their timing back. What what have sure. you? So you give them some slack. You give them some leash. But I mean, my God, we're in. We're almost at the end of July, and, and the guy's still playing over Garcia way only, too much. It's only going to get worse as he gets well, tired he's gonna of get, the year. He's going to get worse. Oh, yeah. yeah I, I'm, probably. Assuming, I'm assuming he's released. With all these moves. By, he might be released as we're doing this podcast. I mean, yeah. I assume he's going to re- be released by tomorrow. Too um, many moves to not. 
I'm gonna let me give my thoughts on the moves that have come up with Baez, Borjan. I mean, I've talked about it a little bit on the Periscope last night, but I mean, Baez is filthy, dude. I understand Baez coming up. I really don't understand Morhan. Um, I'm not upset that Morhan's coming up. I'm just a little more worried because what I was value maybe. Well, I would like to put him. Like, I don't think he's really necessarily ready. His stuff, yeah, 97, 98, fucking knuckle curve. That knuckle curve. Uh, change up, sure. His yeah. stuff's there, and if he's locating his fastball, he's going to be great. I just don't know if he's got the composure. Like, tomorrow he's, he's facing the Chicago Cubs. They're not a small market team. Like, nah. he's going out there for two innings. I wouldn't be surprised if he walks, like, the first two batters, and, and you're just like, oh, shit. He's got to be careful with Javi Baez, too. That guy racks uh, yeah. the lefties back but to back. I also days. wouldn't be surprised if he goes... Six up, six down with four Ks. Like, yeah, I mean, it, it You just happen. don't know, but he's such a wild card. Baez, though, is is basically has always been reliever. Morahan's always starting, and he's only pitching two innings, and then they're just taking him out. And they're doing that tomorrow. Like, he's going to pitch two innings, and then uh, Quantrill is, is supposed to piggyback him. That, and that's fine. I don't, I don't care on that. I know people like the opener and that shit. You can't do that for a season. I, I, I don't care what... What There's compu- not been enough sustained success. I with don't that care at what a computer yet. says. You're going to blow out your bullpen doing that. You could do it in Game Seven of the World Series. Sure, you could do that. <laughs> yeah. in the, right, you could yeah. do that in the playoffs. And you sure. do it a couple times a year, you know, to right. get you over when you have injuries. You, he better not be a starter. He better be an AC is hinted. And you know what, AC, it seems like he's been spot on on this shit because AC said Baez and Morhan were coming up. He said it like two months ago. He and did. I, he did and I was call like, that. I was like, dude, what? Like I was shocked. And Munoz and yeah, yeah, and, and he, Urias. Yeah, and, he's been I mean, we all know Urias was coming, and uh, and Dennis Lynn is as piggyback. Well, not I don't even know if it's piggyback. He he's pretty much said the same thing. So they're obviously the Endorsed. two of them are getting good information on that stuff, which is well, that's good. We're finally getting some guys to, you know, you can trust on. And we'll get to Thor after this, but. I am concerned a little bit on Morhan. Baez, though, if. The only concern I have on Baez, and I didn't realize this until I think the guy's name is Quintero on Twitter. Um, oh, Sergio. Yeah, yeah. Sergio yeah, Quintero. He's got some great insights. No, he's I really like, good. Yeah. I like him on, on Twitter. I think he's a very knowledgeable uh, fan. He told me on Twitter, and I, I didn't realize it. He was like, well, my concern on Baez is he doesn't throw back-to-back games. He does, it's He'll throw two innings. He basically, when he comes he in like and relief. Off, right? He basically, when he comes in on relief, he'll throw like two innings. He'll throw like the seventh or eighth, mm-hmm. or either the eighth and ninth. It doesn't matter. Sixth, seventh, whatever. He'll basically he usually throws two innings, and then he'll have like two days off, two or three days off, and he won't pitch again. A day That's, off, I could see, but not yeah. after two innings. You know, yeah, if you're a reliever. You but can't. You can't say two hey, days off. No, not because the, then you're you're really short on your bullpen. Yeah. What if you go extra innings a game? Then everyone else has got to. Everyone yeah. else has got to do extra work. And the way like green, that's not going to work. The green Especially, the yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Especially the way he's fuck stamming over the this year. And Morhan ain't. What do you gotten from Morhan? You're only going to yeah. get. He, he can't throw every. That's, you're adding. He's two. got a. He's got a long history of shoulder injuries mm-hmm. and arm injuries. You're adding two you guys into the bullpen right. that you're babying that have two days right. off. That's, you know. I don't know how long you can sustain that. Right. I, you know what I mean? Now, with that said, they had guys like Robbie Erlin that never really pitched. So, yeah, that happens. That does happen. Erlin's the, you know, the dumpster guy. He comes in to clean up the messes sure, usually. Sure, sure. But what I'm saying is how many times did we go two weeks where he didn't throw a fucking pitch where these guys – you could use them in high leverage situations and feel pretty confident. Yeah, oh, definitely. Yeah, these guys have a lot more value oh, in the bullpen. Their, their, their stuff. stuff is phenomenal. Oh. I mean, I yeah, there's a reason they've that, been top 100 I, prospects yeah. before. I showed that video of Baez. Like, his changeup is fucking filthy, dude. Yeah. And when he's throwing 98 and you're 6'8", you're basically – you're almost throwing on the grass, dude. When he's, yeah. when he's stepping over that mound, I mean, he is right on top of you. So what his fastball does is his fastball like kind of rises, it rises up, dude. yeah. And then he drops that changeup and it's, and then he's got a curveball too. I mean, he's really really good. Like I here's my dream situation. They trade Yates and we'll talk about we'll we'll transition into trading guys. They trade Yates, Munoz is kind of like your your closer next year and Baez uh, Castillo, maybe. Castillo, Winginter, Winginter, Strom Morahan are all setting up 
Yeah, you got those guys to go from the fifth to the eighth. Yes. Yeah, you got a lot of good choices. Because I kind of like if they're, if you don't want Baez and Morahan going 150 innings, you know, to Mm. start their career right now. Right. Especially, I think Baez is is better suited for the bullpen. I think Morahan's better suited as a starter. But if you don't, if you kind of want to just build up Morahan to 50 to 70 innings every year, or let's say he throws 70 innings next year as a reliever. And then the following year, he throws 95. And then the following year, you're like, you know what? We could use him as a starter now. Yeah. They got so many fucking starters for the next couple of years that I think they can groom him to be a starter. But he's so valuable right now. I'm thinking the mindset is we want to use these innings in the pros. Yeah. Instead of kind of down there. Yeah, I would agree with that. I think, um, yeah, we want to see what they have at the pro level. We want to, you know use them at this time, you know, to see what Green can do with them. There's a couple different reasons why you want to bring them up. And again, you know, what do you have to lose at this point with uh, us starting to slip in the wild card a little bit and a 1-7 start in the second half? Yeah. You know, this isn't supposed to be our year. Obviously, we got excited, you know, great, a lot of great elite talent, but it's so young and so raw, and there's still so much more to come. Oh, yeah, this is this is the beginning. Like, this is like... You're building a house and and you're seeing you're seeing the plans. Like you could see the house, it it just hasn't been built yet. And you, but you're like, oh, this is gonna be great. This 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 is gonna be. I mean, I think they need a manager to take them over the top. I mean, but even a, even Andy Green might not even fuck this up. I think they're gonna have so much fucking talent next year. But one thing that you and I brought up before we got on here that I think is, you know, you were kind of hinting at is, I think. AJ Preller is kind of like, you know what? I haven't made up my mind on Andy Green. I think the front office might say we like him. Someone, someone in there is probably like we like him. Yeah. I think someone's got to be somebody who likes him, right. obviously. Otherwise, you wouldn't I think, be there. I think there's someone that's like, well, let's give him the final straw. Let's just give him all the talent that you can get. Yeah. So I think he, they're saying, you know what? You've used the excuse, not an excuse, but hey, the bullpen sucks. Well, now we're just giving you three legit arms Mm -hmm. that the lowest they throw is 98 you're throwing 98 from moron 98 from Baez, and and munoz throws 100 plus yeah we just gave you three like you could throw in high leverage innings weapons yeah big time arms show us what you can do yeah yeah exactly so it's kind of like here's your final test and that's been a big problem obviously the the rotation at times has been an issue and the defense lately has been a huge issue but I mean, you know, the, I'd say the yeah, I'd say the biggest trend of the year is the is the overuse of the bullpen and mm-hmm. the bullpen, you know, because last several years the only thing we had good was a bullpen and now it's the only well not the only thing we don't have but it's the main thing we don't have. Yeah, it's the biggest weakness. It's the biggest weakness for sure. Yeah, it so, went from the biggest strength to the biggest weakness. Yeah, a hundred percent it did. It, um, and you know, there's some talent there. Obviously, Yates and even Stammen has been good for years, and it's mostly the same cast of characters from last year. But obviously, now it's a complete overhaul and bringing up. All the young talent. Well, they they lost a lot from last year. You had Hand. You you're right. You had you're, but even in the second half, we we didn't have Castillo. Hand. In the second half, the bullpen. Uh, the Castillo, Castillo was the big. Castillo was a big loss for sure, and I think we can all agree. They were on that. counting on that. And you know, Strom moving to the yes, rotation was supposed yeah. to be a big plus, and you know, right. it hasn't been. It's been the complete opposite. It's been a big loss for the bullpen. I think he's much better in the bullpen. He is. I mean, much I, as soon as he went back to the bullpen, start throwing 94, 94 95. Yeah. I even seen him hit ninety six. So it's like that. I mean, and you know, someone said. I think think someone said to me about you know oh you know Lucchese throws 91 uh you know would you want to send him to the bullpen and there's part of me that does because he you know he's a two-pitch pitcher he can't he doesn't go deep into games so that you know there's some there's some thought behind that but aside from that uh Strom Lucchese's never shown me he can hit 95 96 if nah. Lucchese can show me that he could throw 96 out of the bullpen I'm putting him in the bullpen soon I wouldn't mind Lucchese next year in the bullpen. I, I think he could be our next Long year's Robbie period. Erlin, but yeah. but more usable, well, much yeah. more usable. I mean, yeah, yeah. a better version, a of be- that. much better version of that. You're yeah. upgrading that, and then you know Erlin. I don't know what Erlin's contract is like. I don't know. Let's but let's say let's say a game. It's not anything. Let's say let's say X pitcher. Let's say Lauer pitched today. The numbers that Lucchese did. So you take him out in the fourth, but you brought in Lucchese yeah. for two, three, eight. That would yeah. work to bridge the gap for yeah. sure to get to that I you think know, later bullpen. I think yeah, I think Lucchese would be good in that role, and that helps. Plus, I preserve think, the rest of the bullpen. It I helps. I think he's not really overtax. good one time around too. Yeah. Oh no, he's you know he's, often. He's I mean, sometimes windup. when he doesn't have it, obviously no. Like today, he didn't have it the first time through. Not great, but 
Um, but yeah, you're right. When he's on, man, the first one, even two times through, like sometimes no one can touch him. He's got the funky wind up and shit. And that herky jerky yeah. wind up and that churve. I mean, when he's you know, working it and he's and when he's locating the fastball, which I think he'll get a little more a little more pony up on it. You know, if he like you put him in the bullpen next year, I'm not saying he's gonna throw 95 like Strom, but I bet you he hits 92, 93 more consistently and not 89, 90. Right. Barely clipping ninety yeah. uh, and no, leaking it yeah, over the I middle. I don't. Yeah, I, I think he could probably rear it back to get to ninety three. Yeah, I think I've seen maybe. him hit ninety three before. Yeah. I don't know about ninety four, but I've seen him hit ninety three. Yeah. I think in his first start, he was probably amped up on adrenaline. But if he's coming out of the bullpen, it'll be the same way. Right. It'll be yeah. you know you, you don't need to go that long, so you can use a little more velocity. Well, I think, yeah, I think he'd be pretty valuable there. Okay, let's let's go with some trade rumors. Um, what do you what are you doing? With Yates, Renfro, Reyes, I mean, those are the three that have been talked about the most. And then, um, you know, give your thoughts on Thor Bauer, too. Okay, uh, so we'll start with the corner outfielders, uh, the Bash Bros, if you will. Uh, Renfro and Fran Meal, I've been seeing them in a lot, a lot of trades, and you know, Matthew Boyd and all these proposals. And... Fuck Matthew Boyd. <laughs> I mean, he's got a high K rate, and I know that's why people like him, but I, there's just not enough there for me. To, like, I mean, he's been good at times, but now he's... He basically got Lucchese numbers if you look at him aside from the strikeout Doesn't rate. Does Lucchese have a high K rate? No. Uh, I don't know what Lucchese's K rate is like. I know it's not as good as Boyd. I know he's the fourth highest in strikeouts, but he's also got a 4.2 ARA. And, you know, obviously a losing record in a bad team with the Tigers, but. Seems like a better version of Lucchese. Yeah, yeah pretty much. I mean, I, I don't think it's his top of the rotation type of pitcher just because he gets strikeouts. I, I don't. Fuck him. Yeah, I, I don't like that move. And I don't like, you know, mixing up the chemistry. Like, obviously, you know. I, we all love Fran Meal's chemistry in the clubhouse, and he struggled at times this year. But I, I think you got to stand pat on both Renfro and Fran Meal for now. Um, you know, especially with with Renfro's progress on defense and the continuing of the clutch homers, and you know, I've seen growth. He's taken more walks this year, um, and he's uh, you know hit more singles. And um, the defense, though, I mean, today that line out he caught and then got and got Addison Russell at second, phenomenal. I mean, he's got a cannon. We know that. And he's he even played around in center a little bit and didn't look too shabby. So obviously I don't want him in center long term, but I I think both those guys got to stay. You got to stand pat, especially with us losing at this. I, actually in general, I mean you don't want to mess up this chemistry. I like the clubhouse, the players. I like I I got to stand pat on both those guys. Uh, moving on to uh, who was the next guy? I'm sorry. I said Framil and uh, Framil and Yates. Renfro- Yates. Oh Yates Yates. You know we all love Yates. He's been fantastic this year. Super clutch. But, you know, relievers, the w- the way relievers are these days, he's probably not Trevor Hoffman. He's probably not Mariano Rivera. Um, he's probably not going to be that much this good for that much longer. Um, obviously, our window is somewhat close. We're looking to compete next year. So with that thought, I like Preller's high price tag on him. I'm not giving him up for anything. I've got a couple guys in mind, a couple you know good fits in mind i've said the braves are an excellent fit they really they look like all they need is one or two bullpen pieces and they could maybe even compete with the dodgers this year um but and so yates would be perfect for them they've got pash who's their future center fielder i don't think they want to budge on him but right behind him you got the uh, hits leader in his league drew waters phenomenal outfielder uh, really good candidate. I believe he can play center. I think I've seen him play center once or twice. I haven't watched a ton of film on him, but everything I've read and heard and seen on him, I like. He seems to be the right fit. He's a top 50 prospect, so that that fits the bill in my in my idea. Um, but it's got it's got to be the right fit and it's got to be a good deal. Um, and he's close. That's the thing with Waters and Pash. These guys are close to ready, so they'd be up next year. Yeah, major league ready next year. Yeah. I don't want a single A prospect, even if. It, the only single A or prospect I'm taking right now for him is Wander Franco. You want to give me Wander Franco's shirt, but I know that's not going to happen. Right. right. Uh, no, I'm with you on everything pretty much you said. I mean, I've given my thoughts on this a bunch of times. You know, I mean, Fremil is only 23 years old. His defense has got awful, but you got a chance at the DH coming. He's only 23. You got a chance of him developing into it you know hitting better with runners on i know some people say that doesn't matter those people don't know what the fuck they're talking about i mean how can it not matter when runners are on not to hit how you score runs i mean jesus <laughs> christ but he's only 23 and look how much it, how much renfro has improved you know defensively i mean do i expect that from fran meal no but i feel like renfro's improved a little by little each year and i think reyes has more potential so 
I wouldn't give up on him. You could call it a sophomore slump for Reyes. I was saying earlier, too. It's his second year. You know, the things I don't like, you know, that I've seen from him is the drop in the walk rate and the up in the K rate. You know, I, last year they were almost close to even. Obviously not the biggest sample size, but a couple hundred at-bats. You know, he had 16 homers in that time. He was batting 280, I think a 330, 340 OBP, something like that. I mean, he can put up anything close to those numbers with the home runs he's hitting. Uh, you know, you can take that defense in right field from time to time. Um, but yeah, he, you can't give up on him at this point. You can't trade him away. And the clubhouse, I mean, the, this, this is, you know, people say it doesn't matter, but it, it definitely matters. I heard Hosmer talk about him and compare him to Salvador Perez uh, when he was in the Royals and that, that World Series team. He said he's the life of the clubhouse and everyone lights up when he comes in. He said that uh, earlier this year, I think, at the Fan Fest. Yeah, I mean, yeah, so I'm pretty much on the same page with you. I mean, I wouldn't give up on either one of them yet because then I feel like you're you're just making another hole, and then you don't know what you have in Margo yet. Yeah, So, and we don't have, like, this great depth of positional player outfielders no. that are any cl- anytime close to ready. I mean, you got, like, Tierso and Abrams maybe, yeah, but they're well, so far away. Tierso's, Tierso's been awful. He's been awful. Yeah. Um, yeah, Abrams is – he's playing rookie ball right now. He, yeah. He's not you – know, Geddes is not put it together, no. you know, so, so. – Let's, um, yeah, I mean, I want to go in one more year. Let, let, let's discuss this next year, you know, what you want to do with Renfro and, and Reyes maybe at this time next year. That, I, w- I want to get a little more data on them um, and Margo. Uh, I want to go in to 2020 with those three as my outfielders. Let's, let's finish off with Thor. Um, I, you, you, you could start. You, you okay. go with Thor. Or, All right. Uh, you know, you know, Thor's and, a, and Bauer, if you want. I'm a huge Bauer fan. He's actually cooled off quite a bit lately. He started really well, but he's a, to me, he's just got he's adding pitches on every year. He's I feel like he, I know people don't like the one year deals, but he is talented as it comes, and he's a guy who'll win you a playoff game. He's a guy who will teach Paddock extra pitches and shape. You know, he's that veteran presence you need in the rotation. But, you know, the one-year deals thing and the high trade value that the Indians covet on him, you know, I'm not – it depends on the deal. Uh, it, for, for Bauer, for me, it really – it's got to be, a, you know, a, a depth prospect move, not a, you know, high prospect. So I'm not giving up. Let me, let me ask you this on Bauer. Why the fuck would the Indians who are in the pen – or are, I don't even know it's, how many games out they are from the Twins, but they're in a wild card, right, Race. Why yeah, would, no, what, they, what would What would be the incentive for them to trade? I they're closing in on the Twins, and right. they, but they've got a lot of question marks in their rotation. I, you know, Clevenger's had injuries. Kluber has been out for a while. I don't know if he's come right. back so or they've, not. If they've had um, Beaver's question, been amazing right. in the second so year. So they've had question marks in the rotation. Carrasco has why, cancer. Why would they trade? Yeah. <laughs> he's, he they, might come back, but who knows? But, uh, you know. It, why would they trade a young female? I think that's why it hasn't happened. I think they put a really high price tag on it, like Preller might with but Yates just, and things for of some, that nature. That, that, that has to be a red flag to me, that they're willing to give up a fucking top-of-the-rotation type of guy. Because they're... They're not because they're they're not financially committed. You know, you heard about what they were saying sure, about Lindor at the do beginning of this year. year. He's just he wants to do no. One well, year even shit. just the the Indians organization, they don't put money up. They will not yeah, give someone a three hundred yeah. million dollar contract. Mm-hmm. So when you have that mentality, so they're just I don't saying, know. They're just saying go might younger, as well get rid of them now, so that we can get guys for control. They need outfielders too. So like that, that's where they're like. So that they get an ideal deal for an outfielder, they basically want to trade Trevor Bauer for a deal that makes them instantly better, and that doesn't really seem to be happening. That doesn't seem to be possible unless yeah. the Padres give up I, too much. Okay, I'll just say I would pass on Bauer. Go ahead on Thor. Okay, yeah. And so Thor I was not high on originally. I mean, I've liked him in years past. You know, he's fun to watch, and he's obviously, you know, uh, going to sell tickets. That That is obviously a big thing. Um, but as far as top of rotation pitcher, I think he could have the stuff. A lot of people call him a fake ace. I've even probably called him that before myself. But, you know, he's – his stuff is phenomenal. Oh, yeah. And Balsley, we know what Balsley oh, can yeah. do with some pitchers. I mean, the Mets is a tri- it's just a dumpster fire over there this year. And you see Edwin Diaz go over there and have 20-plus blown saves this year. I mean, look what they did to Edwin Diaz in a year. I mean, so uh, I think we can take on th- – it's, again, the price tag. It comes down to the price tag. Uh, what- okay, okay. So le- who would you be the main – Piece into the package. Certainly no. Obviously not Gore. No Gore. I'm not giving up on Patino because okay, I think Patino is better than him. Okay, good. I think Patino will be better I than Thor. I wouldn't give up Patino straight up. No, I, I wouldn't either. I like Patino that okay, much. I'm so, higher than him. So those those two are out. Next. 
I honestly I wouldn't give up CJ Abrams although I don't know what the, Well, CJ they're Yeah, not, I know that's they're going gonna to ask for a more proven Probably probably you're probably right about okay, that. Okay, so um would, you know, I would I wouldn't say and would now Moron, he's on t- would Moron and Urias be um the main pieces in a package would you do? Both or one? No, just one. Uh Moron, I mean no, I know we're not going to trade Morahan because of the 19 million invested in him. I know that's been 22. talked about, or 22, excuse me, 22 overall. You see, that's a lot invested in a prospect. He's talented as hell. I have pushed him in trade packages for years because, or for a couple years now, because of the injury history and just. But you know, the, the thing with Morahan, I would put him in there. I know it's not going to happen because of the how they value him. Okay, let, okay, Urias. Urias, Urias. I would, I would, I wouldn't. I'm not in love with the deal, but it depends on who the other pieces again are. Sure. But but Urias is an untouchable. That's sure. my point. Oh, Urias is an untouchable. I don't. I don't. I think Patino and Gore are the only two yeah. untouchable. And especially, and I know a lot of people. You know, Urias is better than Owen Miller and all that. But dude, Owen Miller, he looks yeah, good. I like Owen Miller. I like him a lot. I like him a lot. And then there's plus, so much depth. Plus, behind let's that. say let's say Owen Miller's your second baseman next year. Let's say he fails. That's another year that Xavier Edwards and Abrams have a chance of being up there sure. too. Sure, and you have you have Owen Miller, and you can run even a platoon with Owen Miller and um, Garcia. Yeah, and I'm sign, okay with that. Yeah, right, I'm okay Absolutely. with that. If the rest, if Margot's Absolutely. doing sign his thing, better, if, if we yeah, get a sure. top of rotation pitcher and all that, you, Ian Kinsler was on the Red Sox when they won the World Series, and he's you know dog shit. So, <laughs> all right, I'll, I'll finish it off on Thor. As far as Thor goes, I'm pretty much where you're at, Nick. Um, I, I I'd be a hard time trading any of my guys to get him i would maybe consider moron i would definitely trade urias as the lead package into it um i don't like giving up pitching but if i gave up moron and two other guys that are you know like i don't know moron Lo- pots yeah moron like logan allen hudson potts i would do it um but yeah, i'm not i'm not logan. putting patino i'm not there's no way i'm putting gore and if i did urias you know logan allen and something better i don't know um I don't want to give up Baez, but if Baez was my main piece in the deal, I'd probably Yeah, if Baez is the main piece, I mean, yeah. a reliever for Thor yeah, is yeah, the main sure. piece but for I'm sure. But I'm telling you, Baez is going to be... I, I'm, you know, I'm excited. Matter a lot. I'm excited. I hope we see him tomorrow. I know we're going to see uh, Morahan for sure. All right. Well, that was a good podcast. I enjoyed you coming on, Nick. I hope you enjoyed it. Uh, you can follow Nick at what? Nicky da- at Nicky Dablon. All right, fellas. To the next time. Don't be afraid to retweet these things and follow Cash Medi at Craig Medi. All right, then. Go Padres.